Ah, uh, yes, my disciples. Soon you will realize the full power of the dark web. Now go, spread our message, and get me one million listeners. As, As you, you command. command. Welcome to episode 26 of the Dork Web Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Locchiato, and I'm joined, as always, by my venerable co-host, Mr. Evan Rakowski. That's Sith Lord Evan Rakowski. Today it is Sith Lord Evan Rakowski, because what are we talking about? We're talking about the rise of Skywalker. Yes. Finally. Yes, the thing that I will undoubtedly call one of the other Star Wars movies' names a bunch. There's a lot of them. It'll happen. Yeah. So, uh... I guess just to kind of start things off, we're going to talk first a little bit spoiler-free uh, about, I guess, why we like this movie, well, at least for me, a little bit more uh, than than The Last Jedi. Um, and without playing my hand a little bit too soon, we'll get into that uh, pretty, almost like right, right now. But before so, um, yeah, like this movie was good. I yeah, will say it's good. It yeah. definitely wasn't like the best Star Wars movie, but it also wasn't like The Last Jedi or Solo. Like it's not as good as Rogue One, I'll say. But, you know, I, I, I had a fun time watching it as opposed to having a bad time watching it. Yeah, so I went into it literally expecting, expecting the a worst, train wreck. Yeah, yeah. I think that helps. Yeah, and like I didn't shy uh, away from any information online uh, I like to see what people are saying about something even before uh, I see a movie, especially if I can't see it right when it comes out. So judging by what a lot of people were saying online, I was expecting the worst possible scenario. Yeah, people definitely made it out way worse than like it actually was. Yeah, so I guess even before we get into uh, more details about why we liked it as opposed to some of the other Star Wars movies... Uh, if you haven't seen it yet and you're interested at all in Star Wars or like me, if you were scared away after The Last Jedi, uh, this movie's worth a shot. It's worth a watch. And I'd say it's it's good. It's it's OK. Yeah. It's good. But also ask yourself, why aren't you watching The Mandalorian? A very good question. Yeah. Very good show. Quite possibly the best current Star Wars content available. Very quite possibly. But without further ado, let's jump right in. Whoa! Whoa! Oh man, what so, a jump! So here we are. We in jumped. Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of important to talk about, you know, what the Last Jedi did that really just rubbed us the wrong way. Because we are pretty consistent on yeah, how we feel about yeah, it, we the Last Jedi. It wasn't fun. It didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and kind of. Without spoiler, you know, without giving you guys any information, um, we'll talk about some of the things that were better in the almost said the last Jedi in yeah. Rise of a Skywalker. Yeah, Rise of a Skywalker. Yes. Uh, no, it's we will later on in the episode announce spoilers and then start to go into spoiler territory with some other information, uh, like follow-ups on. The, the completed story of some of the important heroes. Yeah. But for now, fear not. Uh, first things first, Evan. Let's talk about, uh, I guess, the thing that bugs me the most 
that was in The Last Jedi that thankfully there was pretty much none of uh, in Rise of a Skywalker, which is a term that I was trying to find for a while and then settled on self-cannibalizing plot. Elaborate on what you determine to be self-cannibalizing plot. Well, you know, I don't think I'm spoiling anything in The Last Jedi at this point, but uh, there are a lot of points in the movie where the heroes will get sent off or go of their own deciding uh, to do something, and there'll be this whole drawn-out shenanigan uh, in which either they just flat-out fail the task and then have to go with the plan B anyway, or they think that they succeed in the task, but another character comes up and something happens that makes everything completely redundant. Um, an example of this is... Would be the plot of uh, the uh, Last yeah, like, Jedi. Yeah, the yeah. entire plot. But specifically, uh, when they go to the casino planet, they got to get like the hacker. They got to get that special person. Yeah. And then they settle for the dude. Like the tweaker in the cell next yeah, to them. Yeah, the drug addict in the cell <laughs> next to them who immediately rats them out and they just get taken prisoner. And by the way, well, no... And, you know, the they, the royal they, yeah, the royal they. is uh, Finn and uh, Rose. Yes. And, um, you know, because of that, their whole kind of stake in the plot of The Last Jedi, which was to get on board the ship and do this special thing so the ship couldn't track them and warp after them anymore. Fails spectacularly. Fails spectacularly. And they just become... And it's their own goddamn fault. Yeah. And it's it's it doesn't progress the plot in any way. It... It just eats time. You watch yeah. something for like an hour to an hour and a half, and then they end up in negative zone. They don't even end up in the same place. It's like they've gone back in progress. Yeah, it's not like they set the stage. It's like they took the stage apart and like put it somewhere else. Yeah. That just, was before the action. Yeah. It was just not a smart move. Uh, and very thankfully, Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of the Skywalker. Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, Rise of a Skywalker. No, it's Rise of Skywalker. This. Is it Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, it's just ROF. Oh, well. Yeah. Hey. No R no R O T J here. It's just a nice Well, we'll just call it ROS from now on. Rise of Skywalker. Yes, yes ROS. So so luckily, uh ROS does not have this problem. And uh except for a little bit of cleaning up that it has to do It had to dig itself out of the hole. That was eight. Yeah, and we'll we'll get more into that, but TLJ. Outs yeah, outside of like a little bit of cleaning up um, and reorganizing some things, the plot is pretty much always moving forward, and luckily gives you a little bit of time to explain some of the things that are going on. Things that weren't explained in TLJ. Yes, yes, the Last Jedi. Yes, yes. One of the things that you might hear a lot. Uh, if you're looking into The Last Jedi, uh, TLJ, yeah, uh, is the term subverting expectations. It was, boy, do I get tired of hearing that term. Yeah, it was in a lot of reviews uh, and a lot of online talkings of the movie at the time. Uh, and it's kind of like a, a bullshit phrase. Yeah, I mean, but, to be fair, it does subvert your expectation if your expectation is that it's going to be a good movie. Yes. It definitely subverts that. It succeeds that. at that. But there's there's a fine line between subverting your expectations and disappointing your audience. Disappointing your audience by you know doing the thing that the audience would be like, oh, they wouldn't dare do that. But and it's like it that's happens. fine if it's the result is fun or like fits the setting. Right. But to have like Luke handed his 
his lightsaber, his father's lightsaber, yeah. Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber, and then look at it and then toss it over his shoulder like it's trash. Yeah, look at it with disdain. Yeah, like even if he had cut himself off from the Force, like that's still like... That's, he loved his father. He never gave up on his father. And that lightsaber means a lot to him. Yeah. And he just did not... He was just like trash. Yeah. And, you know, the, the other side of that argument is, oh, well, you know, he's just so disillusioned with the Force because his apprentice ran off and became, you know, a masked villain and such and such. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, I like to think that between... Oh, yeah. Andy tried to kill a child in its sleep. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But uh, I like to think that between, you know, the years of episodes four, five, and six, uh, Luke, you know, becomes a man. Yeah. Especially by the time that he's an old man on this island and yeah. he meets Ray, And he's not going to do something so childish as just be like, huh, like, I hate all this stuff and all Get the out things of here, that kid. remind me of it. Yeah. yeah. And just, you know. So this is kind of a, a conversation that's probably been said before. But I guess just to make the point, um, you don't have a lot of that in Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. There you go. Yeah. Um, but the the other side of the seesaw is fan service. Correct. And boy, oh boy, is there a lot of fan service. There is a lot of fan service. For better and for worse yeah. in, in ROS. ROS, yes. Rise of Skywalker. Um, so... We'll get a little bit more into that um, when we start talking spoilers, but so fear not. You do not have to worry about any, you know, left turns just out of the woodwork. That being said, um, because there is, you know, a lot more fan service uh, and a lot less, air quotes, subverting expectations, uh, I guess in a way you could say that it's slightly more predictable to kind of see the beats in the, the direction the story is going in. Um, but nothing like so telegraphed that, you know, it takes away from the experience. But I guess kind of, as Evan said earlier, more along the lines of what you'd expect from um, a Star Wars movie. Yeah, like I get people, it's like, oh, we want something different. But it's like, no, you don't. You want Star Wars. And if it's too different, then it won't feel like Star Wars. Star Wars has like, it, it, I mean... Even with like, you know, the old Republic and stuff like that, like it still, it was sure it was different. There was different things going on, but it felt like Star Wars, you know, it was definitely like rooted in this galaxy of like established lore. But, um, and I actually, that's, that's a good segue into, um, the last point to yeah. make, which is respect for lore. Yeah. Uh, and there was no respect for lore in The Last Jedi. For example, um, when, you know, Luke threw his lightsaber over his shoulder once again. Yeah. And I mean, again, you know, for better or worse, because for some people, they're like, oh, yeah, like, screw the Jedi, like, break down all their rules and take them apart because they're not really working. And Luke did a, a great thing and a brave thing and all of that stuff. Sure, whatever, to each their own. But I think more so is to, like, take these characters and to recognize the journey that they've been through so far. So not to just know Luke Skywalker, he's a Jedi, he's a hero, but to be like, oh, okay, like what was Luke's emotional state when he, you know, watched his father pick up Palpatine yeah. and like throw himself into a pit and then like take on 
you know, another trainee and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And in some ways, I, I don't think that The Last Jedi really examined how the characters would react appropriately for how the characters are written in the lore. Yeah, like, I don't think... So Luke never gave up on his father, like I said earlier. Like, you, you think he would almost kind of behave the same way towards Kylo Ren, like when they were fighting in The Last Jedi, instead of being like, oh, you know, like, Kylo, like, you don't have to do this, like, this, that, and the other. He's just like, yeah, kid, whatever, you know, you know, I'm so much better than you. Look at me just, like, clown you in front of everyone. Like, there was none of that. He was just being, like, the co- like sure, Luke Skywalker's a cocky farm boy, but that's, you know he would probably i i'd imagine luke would treat his uh his nephew much like he treated his father who fell to darkness just you know trying to be compassionate like you know not giving up on them that's luke and that's that's what mark hamill says is luke too and i'll trust the opinion of the guy who's actually luke skywalker something else that factors into that at least for me is it kind of seemed like in the last jedi they were very hungrily trying to like plant seeds so it wasn't just that they were kind of building upon the foundations of the lore that were there but like watching it you're like oh okay this kid on the casino planet this like farm boy kid like why are they spending so much time about his exploits and all this stuff unless they want to revisit this later and like cash in on that check so in a ways i guess respecting the lore is knowing when to stop and when to just kind of focus in on the players who are in the game and I guess to stop kind of like, you know, seeing who's graduating college and looking to, you know, play basketball and focus on the people who are currently on your team. I don't, I don't, I'm not a sports person, so I don't know how well that tracks. That's kind of a weird analogy, but I get what you're talking about. You want, you want the, uh, the story about to be about the characters and not like, Oh, it, could this be a character in the future? Yes. And uh, got to look down. R- Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, R- yeah. ROS. ROS, yeah. Um, it's very much focused on the people who were there. And, you know, to, to for, for better or worse, because we'll get into this a little bit in the spoilers, but um, there are some characters who really don't, see the their arc close yeah um because you know they're kind of off to the side while the main characters are doing stuff yeah um so really in conclusion the things that uh, make this movie a lot better than its predecessor that is the things that make ros much better than tlj Mm -hmm. um are just that it's it respects the universe that is grounded in it's not focused on trying to you know trailblaze a new path it just wants to kind of make sure that what it's presenting you with you're relatively happy with yeah um and i guess it's star warsy but it's star warsy in the sense that um it's doing the characters that are their justice it's showing you things in a plot that's moving forward and not you know taking multiple back steps and it's again for better or worse showering yeah. Fan service. It's a bit more formulaic. But yeah. that formula is Star Wars. Yes, totally. So now we get into the spoilers. Oh, the spoiler zone. The spoiler zone. Sound the alarm. Some consider these spoilers to be unnatural. 
Dun, dun, dun. So mostly what I want to talk about... Is Babu Frick. Is Babu Frick. Best new character in Star Wars. Oh, Team Babu. Babu we, for life. We all Babu boys. Oh, yeah, Babu, Babu. Uh, but no, what I what I really wanted to talk about is Bobby Frick. Bobby Frick. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um, is the characters? Yes, the character so, being Bobby Frick. <laughs> so I think that's really the the main thing that I want to talk about. Yeah, I mean it's Star Wars. It's 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 a story with strong romanticized characters. Yeah, but also like if you want every plot point, go go and see the movie. Yeah, it's not. We'll bad. cover some of them, but um. I really want to talk about, I guess, how people... This is a trilogy, so yeah. the ending is kind of important. Of course. So let's start off with Ray. All Ray. right? Kind of like the main character. Ray P. Should, should, should we reveal already who she is? Yeah, this is the spoiler zone. Yeah. So Population uh, 2 and you, if you want to listen. Yeah, that's right. So, so Ray is the has sprouted from the loins of Palpatine. Yeah, she is the uh, the granddaughter of Supreme Chancellor uh, Sheev Palpatine. Yeah. A.K.A. Sith Lord Darth Sidious. Yeah. And I feel like this was a theory yeah, when it, the first... Oh, it totally was. The first movie came it out. It totally was. But, of course, in Ryan Johnson's quest to subvert expectations... And J.J. Abrams, don't forget. Right. But especially Ryan Johnson's quest oh, yeah. to subvert expectations. And to sabotage the series and, as much as possible. Yes. He, you know, was like, oh, you're no Man, one. I hate Star Wars. Yeah, man, why I hate they Star give this Wars. To me. This character is no yeah. one. Don't even worry about it. Akbar, forget about him. Yeah. I'll so, never forget. <laughs> so, uh, so so, that's a thing. She's, yeah. she's Palpatine's granddaughter. Um, as far as, like, her story in this, I wanted it to go i wanted it to and expected it to go a different way it didn't go the way that i wanted it to which ultimately i can deal with uh (laughs) i thought it was gonna be a different direction like basically before the end i was like okay it's not going the way that i wanted it to but it's not terrible oh no it's gonna go this way this is terrible okay they didn't do that Whatever, I'm okay with this. That was kind of my emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Um, and what I'm referring to is, I thought they were gonna do the because they've been doing like a a double hero's journey. Yeah. With Ray and Kylo Ren through these movies, like the hero's journey and the villain's redemption. Yeah, essentially. Or the villain's arc. Or and I thought yeah. that those, you know, those two circles, if you will. We're going to merge, yeah, and then you know, totally continue, eclipse each other, totally and, eclipse yeah. each, other, each other, and then separate. keep traveling yes. and separate. And you were going to have Kylo Ren as the redeemed Ben Solo, because that was, yeah. you know, how I perceived this ben going. Ben Solo, uh, and Ray as the newly kind of revealed Palpatine, yeah, um, was going to end up falling to darkness. And Ben was going to redeem himself by saving her, um, and yada yada yada. Yeah, uh, didn't quite go that way. That's okay. You know, would have been cool though. Would have been cool. Um, I would have very much liked to see um, Palpatine possess Ray, and then so uh, Ben Solo. You know, yeah. as Ben Solo, have to fight her um, with all of her dark lightning and scary teeth. Yeah. <laughs> 
but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, she because got uh, bilboed by herself. She did get bilboed by herself. <laughs> yes. Uh, and hopefully everybody listening isn't too young to, to know what we're referencing. When Bilbo so Baggins scared movies. you. Yes. Yes. Um, but like overall, I think the, the, the direction that they took Ray as far as like, okay, I'm, you know, fighting myself because on the inside, I kind of know there's something more going on, but a, I don't want to look for those answers, you know, that I know are inside myself. You know, I'm rejecting the self. Um, and then also, you know, trying to come to terms with, you know, what I am and also what I'm not because she's not the perfect Jedi that she really wants to be. So I think that was cool. It was way better than the inaction that just basically was Rey in the last movie. Yeah. Just her training on Uk 2 and then showing up and just fighting the dudes in a room. Yeah. Um, so, so that was cool. Again, you know, personally for me, would have liked to see it go the other Ray, the, the, the other, other Ray. Ray. Yeah. Um, the, the evil Ray. Yeah. But honestly, like, Hey, Star Wars, you missed out on a great opportunity to have your first powerful female Sith character in a live oh, action that movie. Been sick. And also who was the main character? Yeah. Um, so, Hey, just saying dork web said it right here and right now. Uh, do you have a, a different take on the seven? Um, you know, I kind of always expected it to go the way it did. I, I, I mean, I mean, I don't mean to say like, oh, I knew it was coming, but you know, he said it. You know, Ray was the main character. Uh, you know, she was going to be the focus. She is the Luke, and Kylo Ren. Obviously, I mean, if you look at him, he's a Darth Vader. He's going to start out evil, or not necessarily in this case, but he's got he's he's corrupted, but he still has some good in him. And that will, you know, in the, he'll turn at the very end to, you know, give his life to save, uh, you know, her just as Vader did to save Luke. So you weren't terribly surprised by this? No, it, it's, I guess, uh, more of that fan service, a bit too formulaic, we'll say. Like, it's good when it follows the formula, but if you follow the formula to a T, then it's just like, okay like start to get predictable yeah it starts to get a little bit too predictable sure like rogue like rogue one was good because it didn't have your typical star wars story mm-hmm. it was a, it was its own different you know non-jedi story. it was a halo reach story yeah it was a halo reach story and that, <laughs> that was cool so and sad. so we've already kind of tipped the hat a little bit but this takes us uh right to kylo ren slash ben solo i'm more powerful than you could possibly realize yeah and you know without just retreading the exact same conversation. Um, I didn't mention he, well, you did mention he, he dies by the end. Twice, kind of. Kind of twice, yeah. Which, that was, that was the point that I was like, okay, I'm back to being okay with things. Yeah. Because if he had survived um, and hadn't, you know, been the person who took down uh darth ray you know if that had become a thing yeah but if he had just survived you know normally that would have been too much yeah it would have been way too much uh on the fan service side on the corny side yeah on the i'm big for stories with stakes yeah and if there's there's no there has to be something to lose yeah if there's uh, no stakes then you lose me yeah um so so i was okay with that um not that i wanted him to die because he's maybe you know, my favorite character in... Well, Finn Finn is probably like a tie with him, but I like Finn a lot. Uh, 
and I like Kylo Ren a lot. Yeah. I like Kylo Ren a lot in the first two movies because he's just so broody. Yeah, he's like, he's, oh, I don't yeah. want to do this. Stupid. He's, yeah, it's just funny to watch. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's he, you know, he's cool. I like the redemption side. Kingdom Hearts fan, you know, he screams yeah. Riku. Of course. Um, but I think that yeah, I think you mentioned this when you came in. You know. He like accepts being good, and he talks to the Force Ghost of his father. Yeah, which was pretty. And cool. then he immediately starts. He looks clean the next time. Oh you yeah, see the him. next time yeah. you see him, like he has color in his skin. His hair looks a lot like less like kind of wet, gr- wet and greasy. Yeah, he looks he looks healthy. He looks way he's, healthier. He starts to take care of himself. Yeah, he's wearing like a a nice Banana Republic turtleneck yeah. instead of that like armor and cape. Yeah, he, he's doing good now. Yeah, um, it shows. So, do you uh, have anything to add about Kylo Ren in ROS? Um, he basically goes back to who he was in, like, the first movie, yeah, being subservient to, like, a greater power. Which, I mean, it's kind of like reverse character progression. But then again, like, basically everyone had to go back to square one after uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah, and, I mean, maybe this is a good time to bring up... Um, it's kind of like a... It's hard to... To just put it in audio. Yeah. But we were having this conversation earlier. And imagine with me, listeners, that you were making Rise of a Skywalker Rise of Skywalker. ROS. ROS. And you had to, you know, and I'm not trying to be mean here, but you had to pretty much make things right after the last movie <laughs> and get the plot to a place where of it needs, where you want. Yeah, it needs to be for this movie. So in the beginning of this movie Things move very quickly. And like you just said, it, it it's like a reverse step where, you know, by the end of uh, Last Jedi, Kylo Ren is like, I am the force to be reckoned with yeah, in the galaxy. Yeah, like I am the leader of the, the First there's, Order. Yeah, there's there's nobody else. It's yeah. just me and the First Order. And but then at the start of this, yeah, yeah. And at the start of this, he's like immediately just like, oh shit, there's a, there's a daddy out there? Yeah, he's like tearing across the galaxy yeah. to look for Palpatine to kill him. Yeah. Like, is he's challenging his power. Sure. Um, and that's that's what they say in the title card. Yeah, the but dead I, speak exclamation point. Yes. But I think, and I, I, I really think, that if J.J. Abrams had the power to edit everybody's copy of The Last Jedi, that, you know, in that title card when it says... You know, like the emperor's voice rings out from the dead, you know, like on a broadcast that that would be happening, um, you know, kind of like congruently to the end of uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah. When Snoke is like dead. Yes. Because, you know, there's like that. And like, who knows if that like battle on the salt planet would have even happened the same way or not or anything like that, because it makes sense that, you know, at that point, Kylo Ren's just like, oh, shit, I got something to do. And Ren's like, oh shit, I need to like Ray. be. St- oh, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Ren, Ray, Ray. <laughs> and Ray is like, oh shit, I need to be strong enough to like potentially fight this. Like, I need yeah. to go train. Um, and they go off and and they do that stuff. So like the the timeline in this movie is strange. Yeah, it had and there's basic, weird had character cre- pacing. So, but so yeah, as the movie began, it basically with the title card had to create its own its own plot different from the events of. Uh, the Last Jedi. Yes. Because nothing important happens in The Last Jedi. Yes. Yeah, it's like the same time passed, but like there's there's a weird overlap between the last couple of things that happen in The Last Jedi yeah. and the first couple of things and the title card 
that happen in uh, ROS. But apparently those things happen in books and uh, apparently Fortnite this time. Dumb. Yeah. But like, whatever. I don't whatever. want, like, I don't know. I get it. Like, you know, oh, the the, the true fans will read it. But it's like, look, I, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I don't want to, like, watch the entirety of the Clone Wars and, like, read all the books. It's like, who has time for that? Sure. It's, it's an undertaking of lore. Yeah. I mean, which I do from time to time, but, you know. Not for not for like a movie. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, moving right along, Finn. Yeah, he uh, he uh, takes a step forward that he was stepping backwards in in uh, TLJ. And then ends up yeah, and then ends up like right where he should have been at the start of this movie. Yes. So Finn's journey abridged is basically. Um, oh wait, I can feel the force. Ooh, hey, I like who's this chick. Uh, hey, you guys are my best friends. Well, yeah, he, like I feel the force, and like killing, you know, just massacring these civilians doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but but because the force is telling me not to do this. Yeah, but literally, like those three things, like he, you know, the three big things that happen to Finn are he recognizes that he can feel the force. Yeah, he meets and a lady has, and recognizes he, morality. Yes, he meets a lady friend. Yes, and he tells his friends how much he loves them. Yeah, and that's it. So I like Finn. He was one of my favorite characters uh, in the newer Star Wars stuff. And his backstory is dope. Yeah. Um, but he's largely on the side. He's not on the sideline. It's just that he doesn't have like super. He, he doesn't have see his it. own. Sorry. Yeah, he doesn't have his own direction. It's it's always Finn, Poe, and um, the droids. Yeah. Who are going around kind of like acting as a unit. And, and Chewbacca, yeah. usually. And Finn's just... His motivation for following his friends around is because they're his friends, and he loves his friends. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, he's not, uh... He's not, like, experiencing his... He's not, like, an individual in this movie. Yeah, he's an accessory. He's an accessory. Almost, yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, before we... Well, no, let's let's talk about Poe. Um, I know you like Poe. Oh, yeah. He, he's so got you, my fa- he's got one of my favorite more Star Wars names. Yeah, well, you're more, more equipped to uh talk about him let's see um i guess we learned some backstory about poe and that he has a almost incredibly similar if not the same uh backstory as han solo han solo yeah yeah uh, he was in a, like a gang on a planet and also a drug smuggler yep. or sorry spice smuggler so yeah uh charming handsome devilish rogue hangs uh, out with cool masked women oh yeah she never took off that mask which is kind of cool no. actually he was like he wanted to like, take like, off he's that like, mask nah. she's like no yeah, I liked her. She was pretty cool. And uh, and Babu Frick. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Poe also becomes the leader yeah, of... Yeah, the, the de facto... Yeah. yeah. Poe Dameron becomes, like, you know, general Poe Dameron of the, uh, you know, resistance. I think he sh- they, she also makes a Finn a general, too. Because they start referring to each other as general. No, um, Poe says that he needs him to, to help him. Oh, yeah, and he's, like, general. Yeah. But, yeah, and he also has kind of, like, a moment of... I guess he had a very similar moment that Tui had that he had or a moment he should have had in The Last Jedi where he feels responsible for the death of all of his friends because, you know, he made the call to, you know, go into the last battle. And, you know, he has a moment where he's like, oh, shit, like, I feel terrible. Like, uh, you know, like, this is my fault. But instead, he just kind of rejected that that feeling in The Last, in the last Jedi when he was like, oh, yeah, like, people die in war like this happens like what do you mean you're grounding me and i didn't just like get our entire like you know 
Navy, like, killed in one battle. Yeah, he is a lot more responsible for the people that he's commanding. Yeah. Yeah. He starts to feel the, the weight of command. Yeah, and that's it. That it is, that the weight of command is his character progression, because instead of just being the hotshot pilot, uh, he actually, he learns. Yeah, learns how to uh, command people in war. Life, yeah, and life yeah. or death, and bear the responsibility of that. And alongside Finn and Poe are the droids. Yes. You got um, C-3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8. Yeah. Um, C-3PO could start out with. Yeah, so... Um, he doesn't really have a progression, I guess. Yeah, his progression is basically just being like, man, you people like really don't care about me. <laughs> yeah, he's just memory wiped and then harassed and then gets his memory back. Which probably makes him forget about being harassed. Yeah, he harassed. has a very inconsistent yeah. memory because his memory is wiped at the end of episode three. Yes. And then again, like later. I don't know. Poor C-3PO. Yep. No one ever really treats He's like the Rodney Dangerfield of Star Wars. Like, he never gets any respect. It's true. But he's wise. I, I didn't like how they were kind of making such a big deal out of wiping his memory. I get that, but... Uh, I couldn't, I, I didn't think about it too much because immediately, almost in the beginning of the movie, they're just like, oh, this wouldn't be a problem for you. Like, if you've got your memory wiped, and he's like, you know, R2-D2 keeps a spare cop. And he's like, oh, I wouldn't trust R2-D2 with anything. And of course, R2-D2 has a memory backup. Yeah. So yeah, they say something. They like established that, that pretty early on that R2-D2 would do that. Yeah, but they say that um, R2-D2s have like notoriously buggy uh backup system oh, i so thought he was speak- trust it. i don't i didn't know what he was speaking about like the whole line of droids i thought he was just talking about r2 just to, like shit on him oh like, no no you know, he, he they said have that, that dynamic yeah no he said that like those droids have like notoriously buggy backup systems so he mm. wouldn't like depend on it yeah true but um but yeah they like played that up for a hut you know 30 minutes or so and then r2d2 is like oh hey like i'm gonna put my my robo extendo my scomp link yeah is that what it's called? Um, I know the scomp link is that thing that he uses on the Death Star, like that weird like, like screwdriver that goes into like the weird like multi lock thing and spins it around. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a scomp link, and I learned that from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, there you yeah, go. There you go. And uh, yeah, Presto, Digitato, Blamo. Yeah. He is uh, memory reset to maybe the first the first uh, episode seven. Yeah, maybe maybe to the beginning of episode seven. Yep. So there you go. Um, but I mean, I wish I could forget episode eight too, but I, I can't. I know, right? He got the best treatment. <laughs> yeah, C three PO got the best deal out of everyone, yeah, and that's like, don't not remember. Yeah, don't worry, we'll erase the eighth movie from your head. Um, R two D two continues to be the MacGuffin Swiss Army knife. I don't remember much of R two D two through this movie. It was mostly BB eight and his and his little like Frankenstein friend. Uh well R two D two is... shows up uh, yeah. from time to time but he definitely wasn't like the main droid not the I mean he saves C three PO yeah. and um he's usually in um Poe's ship yeah navigating and oh, yeah, yeah, helping yeah. him fight because BB eight's now uh kind of a free agent no longer Poe's like you know like oh you're my droid yep uh and then you know BB eight yeah BB eight's just running around with the crew yeah gets mortally out. wounded in the beginning of the movie <laughs> yeah. Well, barely. Yeah, but he has to get a new like plate put on him. Yeah, he's he like, gets... oh, everyone at the theater was like, "No, you monster! How could you do this, Ray?" Yeah, gets hit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So those are the droids. We've got 
rose I get to touch on. Yeah. So every rose has its thorn. Yeah, so Rose is in the movie a little bit. A little bit. But mostly she's there to just be like, hey, uh, people really didn't like me as a character. So uh, don't I'm, say that. I'm just going to be here off to the side. I know. It's, it's tough because, you know, my problem with eight wasn't the actors. Like, if, if you're an actor in Star Wars, like, great. I appreciate the contribution you're making to, you know, this art and overarching story. However, the director for eight really did not do you justice and that's not your fault yeah people are uh people are just mean and i don't think (laughs) that's all you really have to say people are just mean yeah i don't think you know she did anything wrong but um it's pretty easy to tell just by her like couple of lines of dialogue and being off to the side and, somebody, and replaced by another character. Yeah, that somebody very clearly ha- was just like, eh, I was like, eh, maybe they, they don't like her yeah. too much. Let's keep her off to the sidelines, which is unfortunate. But um, hey, Kelly Marie Tran. The dork, hey, the dork web. Stands you know, with you. Stands with you. <laughs> yes. Stand proud. Stand proud. Um, Leia is an accomplished Jedi. Yeah. That's a thing. Thank God they had all that footage from uh, the first two movies. Yeah, and like it, it led me to wonder, like how much footage did J.J. Abrams take that wasn't used in Rise in um, Last Jedi? Enough. And because <laughs> there's so much Leia in this yeah. movie that you know, because obviously Carrie Fisher's passed away for a while now. Well, maybe they did it like they did with, um, you know, Lord of the Rings. They just kind of like filmed a bunch of stuff. And like what they and, and and you know piece it together from there, maybe I'd be interested to find out. But yeah, there's there's so much Leia in this, and it's just amazing to me because there there had to have been a treasure trove of unused um, film. Yeah, unless they, I mean because it didn't look like it was digitally done. They even had like they even had Carrie Fisher circa uh, Return of the Jedi in the film for a brief moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was cool. Um, General Hux, gotta Our, talk General yeah, Hux. Oh, I really liked his character for like the first two movies. And so yes, yeah, so, use his full name, General Armitage Hux. Yes. So I don't know. I didn't know his name. So for those of you who don't know, he's just a weaselly redheaded like Nazi. Yes, basically that guy, the guy who is always just kind of like at the front of the Empire yeah. ships doing, you know, like a Nazi salute as guns fire. Yeah, he's the one who literally gave the Hitler speech as he blew up the Republic with uh, Starkiller base. Yes, he's like, guy. Yeah, he was like the face of the New Order, or First Order, you know, whatever. But he is a traitor yeah. to the First Order Spoiler in this. Spoiler alert, he is the secret traitor. Yes. And it's, like, that That part, I, I don't really agree with that choice. Like, I guess you needed to deal, like, you know, off his character somehow um some kind of ceremony some maybe 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 ceremoniously um but i mean he was a weasel and i guess he died he he lived a weasel and he died a weasel he did die like a weasel that's true yeah, yeah. but, but he, yeah, he did it he just, did it out of spite yeah he didn't do it to help them win he just did it out of spite against kylo ren because he wanted to see kylo ren fail he just hated kylo ren more, so much more than he was fanatic about the first order yeah hey that's great yeah, that gets him on the list. I mean, that's funny to me. So it gets him on the list. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I was looking at it the wrong way. But um, yeah, 
like hate you so much i'm going to become good just so that the you know just despite so my boss yeah. my evil boss can't succeed yeah just reminds me of those videos um where like kylo ren is like the boss oh oh yeah um or was it as undercover boss yeah it was like undercover um, boss. Yeah, radar yeah. technician matt yeah i heard he was so shredded uh so that's funny and then our final character and the the longest possible hero's journey here and cycle and character arc is Palpatine himself. I thought you were going to say Chewbacca because chronologically he is the oldest. Uh, I mean, Maz Kanata actually might be older. Who knows? But oh, Chewbacca yeah. is like... Those are some old peeps. Yeah, he's like pushing 200, I think. But then again, that's, that's like your 20s for a Wookiee. Yeah, and to be fair, Chewbacca for a lot of the movie is kind of on the sideline. I mean, that's Chewbacca in every movie. He's just He's just the loyal dog. Sure. But Palpatine. Yes. Yes. So Palpatine P -Daddy is himself. P. Daddy himself. He's the big bad. He's been pulling the strings. And a few things about this. I finally got some Snoke closure. Oh, yeah. What we always wanted. Yep. Um, those were apparently just like failed clones. Yeah. Or like so, genetic I would, constructs. I, yeah. I was looking at, at Wikipedia and apparently Snoke was like a genetically engineered humanoid. Uh, created uh, 16 years before the Battle of Yavin. So, like, Palpatine Gross. had... Yeah, Palpatine, apparently, his contingency plan was, like... It, it started early. His his uh, It was deep. Yeah, he, he had a deep contingency plan. This sounds like some uh, repurposed... Um, I forget what the lore is. The lore that they said doesn't... Ex like, isn't canon anymore. Oh, but they've just all the oh, new what you're talking about. That. Oh, so you're talking. Yeah, no, you're talking about Dark Empire. So which which kind of blows my mind about Disney is so when they got the rights for Star Wars, they made a lot of the expanded universe comics and like story from, you know, various media uh, non-canon so they can build their own canon. However, what they did was they took an already established uh, Star Wars arc called Dark Empire, where, as you can imagine, you know, you have the Imperial Remnant, and you had Palpatine, like, not going away because, you know, he could, he had all these clones that he could, like, use force transference to, you know, put his soul into, you know, stuff like that. And what Disney did was just take that and put their own little Just, like, on repurpose it. it. They just repurposed the Dark Empire story. So why not? <laughs> so why would they make that? I don't know. I mean, they, they did it to sell it. Yeah. And, you know, because now... That's not canon, you know, air quotes. Air quotes. And it's the, Star Wars Legends. Yes, and the canon version of that has a Disney stamp on it. Yes. Yes. Uh, but, like, whatever. I mean, I guess in a lot of ways this is probably the best case scenario. Yeah. Instead of making the story up as they, as they go and ending up with something crappy. Like Purgatory. Or The Last Jedi. Yeah, or Last Jedi. Yeah. But, but I remember you telling me... You know, way back when um, Episode 7 came out about, you know, like, oh, you know, the expanded universe, this the, isn't yeah, canon anymore. Yeah. Like, this is what Palpatine was doing, and he had all these clones and this crazy, like, Sith clone magic, because that's what they like to do. Yeah, and Sith extend sorcery. Their, yeah, yeah, extend they their life. They have powers that some consider unnatural. Yeah. So I think it's funny that um, probably, like, a super long prediction by a lot of nitty-gritty star wars fans saw coming yeah and then after the last jedi they were like oh i guess i guess not i guess, I guess I they're doing wrong. something else yeah it was literally yeah. just the distractions it's like 
watching that movie was like having sand thrown in your face. Yeah. And, and I like, guess oh, that's I'm the distracted for yeah. a moment. Like and what's I, going on? And I guess that's why rise of Skywalker is a lot better is because literally the last Jedi is, is so just knee deep throwing a wrench into its own story. Yeah. It's just so knee deep in trying to subvert the, this expectation of you know, having a Star Wars story that this story yeah. is literally just the expanded universe retold with a Disney stamp on it. Yeah, that you know they needed a, an entire movie to just kind of turn people the other way it's while like, they oh, finish building. What we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like you know, despite that last sentence, yeah. still a pretty good movie. But some other cool stuff. The Knights um, of Ren, they were cool, right? Yeah, but no, but, but even no, before, they well, but even before we talk about that. Um, I definitely dug the servo arm, the like Mechanicus servo arm that the Emperor was attached to. Oh, yeah, to. like he was basically GLaDOS from Portal. Yeah, he was just attached to like a servo arm, Yeah, rigged up with like a bunch of vials and like wires and shit. And like his like, fin- some of his fingers were missing and his eyes were like clouded over. Yeah. He didn't look good. He looked no. like a like an animated corpse. Yeah. So the, the last couple things that I actually want to touch on before we close... Um, are just some some fun little inconsistencies yeah. and things like that that we noticed. Uh, first and foremost is Ray's family. Um, I mean, it's this is an arguable inconsistency. Yeah, but it is like a soft retcon. A soft retcon, <laughs> in the sense that I am fully believing that Ryan Johnson. Or the writers, or whoever was responsible, fully intended for for her parents to be no one. Fully intended for her parents to be nobody, and the meaning of the story to be anybody can be special. Yeah, and that whole deal. And then this movie is like, nah, no. fuck that. Yeah, this is the this is the Skywalker story. Yes. So that to me is maybe one of the biggest. I call I'll call it a soft retcon yeah. because there's story built around those two plot points to connect them and then make them work. Um, but if left, you know, un, untouched, you know, you basically have this gap between the second movie where somebody's saying, Ray, you're nobody important. And then the third movie where they're saying, oh, actually you're Palpatine's granddaughter. Yeah, your parents were trying to be unimportant. And Leia knew and Luke yeah. knew and all these people knew. They could sense it. Yeah. So, so there's that kind of soft retcon and there's uh, a little bit of story that's padded in in this movie um to explain why snoke and uh kylo ren say that you know she's nobody and descended from nobody oh yeah also mary's in this movie mary from lord of the rings oh yeah she and has, like, which yeah which leads me to a funny comms technician pip mary yeah which led bug. me to a funny comment in the movie which is when they're all starting to get like blown out of the sky during the final yeah. assault. It's like, oh no, quick, send in the reinforcements. The main cast from Lost and Heroes is getting blown out of the sky. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, uh, but um, God bless him. One of the other things is uh, Luke's X-wing that Ray gets to the final battle with. Uh, if you recall, in which I do recall, The Last Jedi, uh, Luke's home, his little hut. Is, is made out of... Yeah, partially built out of, like, one of the X-Wing wings. Yes. So, I don't know <laughs> how yeah. that ended up back in one piece and flyable. And, I like... Mean, you definitely see it parked underwater in the in the second movie. But his house is also clearly made of parts of X-Wing. Yeah. And, like, maybe it could be explained by if there was more than one X-Wing. But she's clearly flying his X-Wing because yeah. they identify it 
Maybe there were missing parts on it. Who knows? I wasn't, you couldn't see it that well. Yeah. Um, and then lastly is, uh, we we looked this up because we weren't sure. We didn't want to be. Yeah, it was wrong. like, oh, I could have missed something. This could have been in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but no. Force Dyad. Yeah. So this is a made up thing. Well, um, made up as it, it was created specifically for this movie and those two characters. Yeah, this is a made up thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, the Force Dyad is this concept where uh, two individuals strong of the Force can form a connection. Uh, where in the force they are one. Yeah, their force is the same. Like yes. they're they're now they're operating like, on the same yeah. wavelength, but physically they they like know, can they be like in two separate merge, places. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know when they are exerting their power in the force, they're able to do cross space and time. They're able to cross space and time, and also do tremendous things with the force, like heal. Yeah, or like pull a ship out of the sky, or pull a ship out of the sky. Or shoot lightning. Send a lightsaber from one place to Through another. Through space and time. Through space and time. Teleport yeah. a lightsaber. Yeah. Um, and I know that you came across what was it? Force connections. Yeah. So force bonds. There are force bonds. Force bonds were a thing in the Clone Wars, and um, force bonds are what Rey and Kylo Ren had in the second movie where they could just kind of like always sense kind of like Harry Potter, a force bond is basically Harry Potter and uh, Lord Voldemort. You know, they're just, they're permanently bonded to each other. They can always sense each other. And, you know, it's like, Oh, I've got a bad feeling. It must be Voldemort. You know, like that's, that's a force bond. It's like a spidey sense for uh, one person. Yeah. And sometimes they can like telepathically communicate sometimes, but other times it's just like, Oh, I got a bad feeling. But this force dyad, it's a little different in the sense that it amplifies. Yeah, they become like one, yeah. like ultimate force being together. Interesting. So we're just about at the end, but there is actually one other thing. The Sith cult. <laughs> the Sith cult's cool, but yeah. that's not that's no. not what I was going to bring up. Um, so how do you feel now that this is presumably the end of this saga? How do you feel about the force? So before you answer, let me kind of rephrase. So you have the original trilogy, which in a lot of ways, the force is presented very vaguely as kind of this cosmic force. Yeah. Almost almost like a tangible, maneuverable karma. The, co- the, the force is basically identical to like Eastern medicine, like Zen Buddhism and like Hindu, like yoga. It's, 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 it's the life force that binds us and connects us. Yeah. And then in the prequels, the force is presented very much as like this scientific, quantifiable, thing. quantifiable, um, energy, yeah. you know, kind of like very al- almost biological yeah. type of thing. Uh, and then in this movie, I'd say it's, it's even different from how it was in the original trilogy. It's even the more force mystical is thing. more mystical yeah. and more religious and more based on faith. Yeah. That being said, based on, you know, this last movie, um, I don't know if that's... How has that shaped your yeah. view of the Force? I mean, it's... This this movie kind of... It, it kept in... it. What am I trying to say? Um, it didn't really surprise me or take me out of my already established concept of the Force because... You know, the forest had always been this kind of, like, metaphysical, like, 
just less life stream or life force you know it, it's it's uh, like reiki it's uh prana you know um if you learn to control it you can you know do things you can do things that are almost supernatural compared to people who can't like you know like oh you know i, I use my my you know yoga to like heal myself and i'm a better person or i meditate you know i mean george lucas literally just based it off of that <laughs> so um it's always been that kind of thing this 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 life force that may or may not kind of be also destiny and kind of have a have a will and like a desire to have equilibrium and balance you know what i'm saying it's like it's a thing unto itself so especially after this movie i feel like this sequel trilogy um has made it more more magical yeah deepens the mysteries of the force i don't want to use the word mystery because it's not it's not mysterious in the same way it's it's magic it's magic like they're teleporting items they're pulling ships out of the skies at at their like yeah at at the force's most extreme seemingly that we've seen so far you know so that's the type of stuff that we've seen highlighted in the sequel trilogy at least at least for me um i might almost say that they leaned and this movie is probably the tipping point because there's a lot of force stuff that happens in this movie there's some crazy force stuff in in the second one too but it wasn't like good (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean i'm i'm talking you know even just the whole sequel trilogy yeah Yeah. i might even say that they went too much yeah they may may, on the side of basically making people into mages yeah, the, the like Jedi mages. The Force was a lot more mystical in this one, a lot more, a lot more magical. Yeah, that's really the only way to describe it. Like, like the, sorcery. Yeah, the Force was like more concrete, and like yeah, it's like sorcery versus um, like wizard magic. Like wizards learn magic through study and like practice, but like sorcery, it like comes from within, mm-hmm. and like you don't have to study it. It's just, it's just the will of the magic, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, take that for for better or worse. Um, you can always describe things in D&D terms. I went in that. Yeah, exactly. So this is this is the end. If you've listened so far and you haven't seen it yet, shame on you. Yeah. Because now you know a whole bunch of spoilers, but not all of them. We intentionally left out a few to uh, leave some surprises for you bad folks. <laughs> uh, other than that, that is going to do it for episode 26 Thank you oh so much for listening. As always, feel free to drop us a line. You can email us at thedorkwebpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as The Dork Web and The Dork Web Podcast. And other than that, until next time, may the force be with you.